May our thoughts, words, and actions be holy and acceptable in your sight, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is the last Sunday in the season of Epiphany, and we hear the story about the transfiguration in today's Gospel. The transfiguration is always the final Sunday in the season of Epiphany, and it's sort of where our focus ends up. During this time of the year, we concentrate on Jesus's early ministries and the revelations about who he is during that time. And it all culminates in this one moment, one mountaintop experience, when it's revealed to the disciples and the readers of this narrative that Jesus isn't just a great teacher or an exceptional miracle worker, but that he's actually the divine wrapped up in human flesh, living as one of us, living among us, sharing our joys and hardships, the pains and pleasures of life. In a flash, in that mountaintop moment, Jesus is transformed before the eyes of Peter, James, and John. His clothes become dazzling white, and he's flanked on either side by these sort of mythic, heroic figures of Elijah and Moses. Their presence lends him sort of the entire weight of their shared sacred tradition. And the fact that he's sort of casually talking with them connotes that Jesus is, at the very least, their equal. This must have been a shock for the three disciples. Completely unexpected. They must have been totally flabbergasted. I wonder what they were thinking about that day. As they were walking about and Jesus invites them on a hike, maybe they thought they were going up to the mountain to pray. Maybe they were expecting some sort of secret instruction from Jesus because it was only the three of them. Maybe they thought he had a special teaching for them. Whatever they had anticipated, I'm sure it wasn't this, a complete transformation an awesome moment. And then our narrative tells us Peter's response, and I love this part. The gospel reads, then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say, for they were terrified. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a super awkward situation or a situation that I just don't know what to do, I tend to say something absurd, something a little ridiculous. And I think that was a little bit what was like going on here with Peter. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to say. They were witnessing this indescribable poignant moment of being completely afraid and he just blurts out that maybe they should fashion three houses for the three of them. But just as suddenly as the transformation began, it ends with a voice of God proclaiming, this is my son, the beloved, listen to him. 
They leave the mountain, they go back down, back to their everyday lives, back to their wandering around. The mountaintop does not last forever. The story of the transfiguration occurs in the middle of the Gospel of Mark, and, and it sort of gives us a transition. Before the transfiguration is the teaching part of Jesus's ministry, the beginning of Jesus's ministry, where he teaches and there are a lot of miracles. After the transfiguration, there's not so many miracles. Jesus still teaches, but it's a quick road to his passion and death and resurrection. I wonder what purpose beyond revelation served in the life of these three disciples. What did the transfiguration do for them? Mountaintop experiences frequently give us strength. Not only are they celebrations, but they're things that we can hold on to. I wonder if the transfiguration, transfiguration served this purpose for Peter, James, and John. Perhaps during the painful moments of Jesus's rejection in Jerusalem, the soul-rending betrayal by Judas, the, the painful mocking passion, everything that he suffered, and his crucifixion, this surreal moment on the mountaintop was something that gave them strength. Even in their darkest moments, they could remember the brightness of Jesus's clothes. They could remember that pain and suffering aren't all that there is. The effect of mountaintop moments is not completed in the lofty heights, but in the perfection that comes with memory. As we remember the true power and strength of mountaintop moments is made known. A few weeks ago was the fourth anniversary of my ordination to the priesthood, which for me very much was a mountaintop moment. I have so many memories of that day. I remember the smell of the building, the old stone of the soaring neo-Gothic chapel, and the fractured, beautiful light coming through the stained glass. I remember being surrounded by my mentors, teachers, family, dear friends, and the school community that I served at the time. There was lush music and jubilant processions, vibrant vestments, and most of all, a lot of love. Love was so present that day. The chapel shook with our love for God and our love for each other. And we were all transfigured by that love. And then the day ended. As quickly as we had gone up, we came back down the mountain. The next day I was back at work early in the morning facing the stresses and pressures of everyday living. Nothing really changed, but that mountaintop moment became more than it was. It became perfected in the valleys that I walked through. 
In the times I doubt myself, when I'm immersed in uncertainty, when I'm not sure how to go forward, when nothing makes sense, I think back to that day. I remember the feeling of love that I felt. I remember the sense of purpose. I remember all the people that believed in me, even if I don't believe in myself. And I draw strength from that particular transfiguring mountaintop. Going through the remembrance of that day this year, in this time of COVID, while I was thinking about this sermon, I couldn't help but think about all of you and all of those expected mountaintops, those rites of passage that you're missing. The 16th birthday shared with friends, the jubilant graduation celebrations, the adventurous school trips, the raucous overnight sleepovers. We could keep going on and on about these things, but they're not there. And my heart truly aches for you. There's an absence where a presence should be. And I imagine it must be hard and difficult. The events come and go. It's not like they've completely disappeared, but they come and go without the transfiguration of the mountaintop. It's a strange time to be an adolescent. It's a difficult time to be growing up. But the absence of those mountaintop moments doesn't mean that the transfigurative power of Jesus is not present with you. You see, Jesus was the same person on the mountaintop as he was by the lake shore. God, who in great vulnerability became one of us. It wasn't like they got to the top of the mountain and Jesus was replaced. It was just that a veil was lifted, that they could see the true nature of Jesus. And that Jesus, that God, is still with us. The one who suffered. Jesus, who lived life experiencing pain and disappointment and shame and vulnerability. Jesus, who lived a life that he should not have had to live, is present right here and right now with you and with me. Mountaintop moments come and go in our lives, but God remains constant. And God's love for us never changes. Nothing that can happen, nothing that we do can change God's love for us. And that right there is the true source of our strength. We are loved by God. You are so very deeply loved and precious beyond any possession beyond anything in this world. God's love can encompass all that you are because Jesus 
was one of us. Jesus knows what it means to be human. Jesus knows what it means to grow up. Jesus knows everything that comes with living life. And so this morning, today, I want to encourage you to search for those moments, the times when you experience God's love present in your life. When you feel the divine arms lovingly wrapped around you no matter what you are going through, those moments are mountaintop moments too. Draw strength from those moments. When it seems like God is absent, when you can't see the way forward, when you're uncertain, remember the times that you felt Jesus present with you through this pandemic. Remember what you were experiencing during that time. And remember what was surrounding you. Remember the way that you felt. These moments may not be as high as the ones that we expected, the ones that we think that we deserve, but they are still a place where true transfiguration happens and they matter. Because it's not all the trappings of an event that make it matter. It's not the buildings where they happen. It's love. Love is what transforms. It doesn't matter the form it comes in, just that it comes and that we open ourselves to it. My deepest prayers are with you during this time. I pray that you find God's love, that you feel God's love in the deepest part of your soul, and that it gives you courage and hope and faith. God love you, and God bless you in all that you are and in all that you do. Amen.